Welcome to Core Conversations. My name is Kaylee Kukla, and I've spent more than a decade supporting children and families with challenging behaviors. As a mom of two, I appreciate how overwhelming and exhausting parenthood can often be. So I'm taking all of my professional knowledge and experience and combining it with real life, not just theory, to change the dialogue around parenting. We'll have powerful conversations and practical tools that will inspire you to get to the heart or the core of your child's behavior and make simple yet impactful changes. Hello and welcome to another Core Parenting Conversation. And today we are tackling another back-to-school topic, which is separation anxiety. And now I talk about these topics around back-to-school time because that's when they become the most prevalent for most families. What we're going to talk about today, these supports, this information really applies to any sort of big life transition, which I'm going to talk about. So if you're listening to this and your child isn't starting school, doesn't go to school, isn't at that age yet, this is still really, really helpful information to have access to because separation anxiety can pop up at different times and different developmental stages. I even get questions of parents of children getting really upset when the parent tries to walk out of the room (laughs) to use the bathroom. So if that is you, we are going to talk about some really tangible things you can do with your child to help ease that today. One of the biggest parenting concerns around the beginning of the school year, though, is separation anxiety. And it's valid because many children do struggle with separation from their parents, even if they've been in childcare before. And there's nothing wrong there. It's just different developmental stages and life transitions can definitely intensify separation anxiety at different times. And if you think about it, this makes sense because when the child is unsure about life or the situation, they crave a strong connection with their secure base, which is you, their primary attachment figure. Now, this doesn't mean we should never separate from our children. We can frame this transition as going from one safekeeper to another safekeeper and celebrate that our child is building a loving, safe relationship with other caregivers. But how we separate can ease our child's anxiety. So in today's podcast, I wanted to give you some tips on how to separate. And I want to give you some concrete activities you can do with your child to help both you and them approach the upcoming school year with confidence. So to start, I want to highlight how important our, the parents' mindset is when approaching the separation. If we're anxious, insecure, don't feel great about where we're sending our child, the child will read that like a book. So we need to get to a place where we can confidently transition from our care to that other caregiver, whether it be a teacher, a grandparent, an aunt, somebody else. This is confident momentum. Children are incredibly sensitive to our emotional energy. So if we feel nervous and anxious, they will probably feel nervous and anxious. 
Just as newborns co-regulate their breathing and body temperature and heartbeat with their caregiver, young children co-regulate emotionally with their primary caregiver. So take a breath, be confident in yourself and your child. If you feel like you're stressed out during these times of separation, start with some self-talk in the moment. You know, mentally get the uh, mindset on leading up to it by doing things like listening to this podcast or maybe physical activity. However, you complete your stress cycle. You can also use these mantras before, during, after. Your child is safe. Your child feels loved. They feel loved when they're with Mrs. Smith. They feel loved when they're with their grandparents. This is a normal, healthy part of development. They are discovering who they are and their identity, right? They're discovering they're separate from you. And that can feel scary. Children don't understand that really that first year of life. But this is something, this is a growth opportunity that can be celebrated. So take that information and find a mantra for yourself. This is growth. This is safe. My child feels loved when they're at this place. They're building their village. We're building our community. And once you step away from your child, take a breath and send warm, positive love, thoughts, prayers to them. Research shows that people receive our love and thoughts even when we're not physically together. And I'm going to talk about a, a children's book that addresses this and talks about it in a way children can understand. But there's, there's reality to people sensing that positive energy we're sending them. So in general, feeling unsure about leaving their parents is perfectly normal and healthy. If they're excited about school and then suddenly realize mom isn't staying and then they get upset when they like realize it again, even though you've talked about it a hundred times, that's also completely expected as well because all of a sudden it's a reality. I will say if this huge upset continues for weeks, I suggest reaching out to your child's caregiver or teacher or developmental specialist for more support because either the environment could be super tricky for them. um, Maybe they're still feeling overwhelmed and need more support in general. So just trust your gut, your parent gut. And if you feel like it's going on for too long, you know, have that conversation. I'd start first with the teacher or whoever you're, you're passing them to, to get more information. I use an analogy of physical stretching to help guide parents to find this just right challenge for their child, whether it be a new physical skill or an emotional situation like this. And it's stretching. So when we stretch, if our goal is to you know, get a bigger range of motion, become more flexible, we want to find that point of slight discomfort and lean into it. Breathe and just hold it a little bit until that discomfort eases. And sometimes that's how we can inch down a little farther into the stretch. And this is how we expand and grow, become more flexible. But we don't ever want to hold anything painful because that can do more harm than good. Challenging ourselves and our children to encourage growth is the same. Supported discomfort is okay, but long periods of pain isn't really productive and can ultimately injure us. And so with that in mind, what else can we do to support our children through separation? Along with being that confident leader, confidently handing them over to another confident safekeeper, what else can we do to help prepare them? There are certain games 
that help children really master this feeling of separation. And this is a great one if your child doesn't even like when you leave the room. And that is peekaboo, not just for babies. I always tell parents, I'm like, look, you might think I'm being silly um, by suggesting peekaboo, but hide and seek is actually like a grown up or a, an older version of peekaboo. Kids love this. And in fact, I still play versions of this with my older children. I'm not literally sitting in front of them with the hands over my eyes saying peekaboo, but we can embed these little games into our daily routine with our child. And we can figure out what's the disappearance time with our child where they start laughing. So if we we're playing peekaboo behind a door, let's say, when we open the door to find our child in a room and then we close it, there's a certain sweet spot. If we disappear for too long, they might get scared. They might lose interest. If we're doing it too short, they might just say, like, what are you doing? This isn't funny. But finding that sweet spot of just long enough where they start laughing and you start getting that playful interaction, that's what we want to find. So I embed this just as a connection game during our day's uh, routine. But you can do this with a really strong intention of helping build your child's confidence around that separation by ducking behind cabinet doors when you're getting something out of the cabinet. Just catch their eye and then duck behind the cabinet door for a few seconds and then peek back out. And it's even fun. Sometimes kids will really like it when you act scared when they find you because there's that fear and this is playing on that fear um, and role reversal. So they're scaring you instead of them feeling scared during the separation. And it's funny and playful instead of actually big and scary and upsetting for them. So this can be entertaining for infants, toddlers, preschoolers. You can even play, like I said, more advanced versions of this, such as hide and seek or, oh no, invisible child is what I call it. Oh no, I can't see you. Where did you go? And depending on the child's reaction, you can ramp it up or you can ease off of it. And this can really help build their confidence around being separated from you in a really playful, simple way. A second strategy that I use is a visual routine or visual book or visual schedule. This is something I've talked about. I have a whole podcast dedicated to this. I, I think I actually have a couple. I've done workshops on this. There's a tutorial of this in the core membership resources. So this is a strategy and a tool that I use for so many things with our children and personally and professionally. I've seen the power of this. You can make a visual schedule or a routine book that shows and explains the process because children process information better visually and then they feel empowered with their own schedule or their own story about how the day is going to go. They can also sit and review it independently, which helps them build confidence and understanding and empowers them because it's all visual. They don't need you to read it to them. They can understand it for themselves. And oh, hey, by the way, it's also a great pre-literacy skill because they're reading pictures. So what does this look like? You can use pictures to show certain anchor points throughout the day, such as playground, lunch, circle time. If you have the teacher's contact information, if they don't send you a schedule, a daily schedule, if you don't get that at the open house, I've sent emails to teachers of clients before just requesting the basic daily schedule and then making 
the pictures based on that. So that might include nap, but the big anchor points we really want to show too are when the child gets dropped off and when they get picked up. So often this might look like towards the end of the day, you know, they do lunch, nap, playground, and then mommy comes to get you. When children can see their day laid out for them and specific tasks, and I will say no more than six or seven for preschoolers, it can get a little overwhelming if there's like 20 on the board or in the book. Um, They feel much more empowered. And I liken it to an adult making a to-do list or a schedule for our day, right? It just helps create that predictability. We can focus. We feel more organized. Our brain feels less cluttered and overwhelmed and empowers us to confidently tackle the day and the tasks and the routine. As you speak about the order of the activities, so either while you're writing the words to go along with the book or you're rehearsing this with your children, focus on remembering more so than missing. So remembering helps activate higher parts of the brain where missing can help really keep us stuck in that mucky, missing, kind of sad, overwhelmed with emotions. You can still validate their feelings of missing, absolutely, and remind them what they can do when they feel like they're missing you or they feel sad or they feel lonely. And using those words to label their emotions is a great opportunity to emotion coach. So when they feel like missing you, what can they do? And remind them when you're going to pick them up. So I frame this like, oh yeah, when you feel sad, you can go into safe space and get a picture of mommy. And look, here's a picture of our family. My children have done this at various points in their educational career. Even when my husband and I were away at the hospital with our new baby. And so my children were ages five and eight at the time. Um, And they were definitely missing mommy and daddy more than they normally do. They absolutely still had a space they could go to in school to take a break and they would get their family picture and that just helped them feel more connected to us. And then they would remember, I always frame this, you can go in, you can get our picture, go into safe space and remember when they would see us again. So when you feel lonely or when you feel sad, you can do X and remember mommy's coming to get you after playground time. So the third thing I wanted to talk about are drop-off rituals. Separation is a hard time for all parties. It can be even, you know, especially if it's your first time dropping your first child off at school. It can be definitely hard on parents as well as children. So spending some extra connection time with your child is really helpful. This connection time should include touch, presence, so no distractions, get rid of the phone for a little bit, eye contact and a playful situation. These four ingredients that create magic come from Dr. Becky Bailey's book and work, but her book is called I Love You Rituals and it's within the conscious discipline framework. She uses well-known nursery rhymes like Round and Round the Garden and Twinkle, Twinkle, Little Star. And she adds in quick interactive hand plays and, and slightly changes the words so that it creates these playful situations between adults and children. Often, when I coach parents through these situations, they tell me their children have kind of invented their own. So you don't necessarily have to go out and run and buy this book and do them exactly as written. Oftentimes, I had one mom tell me about her son. They had a special handshake, and then they would do a special like kiss series. So kiss on the cheek and then butterfly kisses and Eskimo kiss. 
And then he would meet her at the window. He would watch her get in the car and wave at the window. And this became their little ritual that he did every day. And at first it was tearful. And then slowly over time, he got more confident while he did it and became their little routine and ritual. And I just, I love those stories because once we're aware as a parent, like, oh yeah, my child does do that in a way. It's amazing how intuitive our children are and we can follow their lead and then we can become that more, much more intentional with it, which makes it that much more powerful in creating that confidence during the separation. Number four, another thing we can do with our children, and remember, you don't have to do all of these things, pick some that resonate with you or you think will resonate with your child, is a concrete connection object. So some children have loveys, right? That special blanket or special stuffed animal. Others may need to be guided to choose one. Neither of my first two boys had a real lovey. I certainly did growing up. It was a stuffed lamb and a blankie. Neither of my children do. Baby obviously is too young still (laughs) to have that yet, but they have special objects that we've used in the past that I've kind of guided them towards. And so... If you have one, great. If not, we will talk about some examples. But I've read research that shows that smell is a critical sense that can activate this feeling of safety and connection to parents. So you can sleep with the object, maybe give them like an old t-shirt. I've seen parents make stuffed animals or put, you know, wrap wrap a teddy bear up in their t-shirt or sleep with their lovey so that when they go to school with it, if they're allowed to have one, it smells like you. Um, and it sounds so funny, but you know how many of us can remember that sensation, whether it's getting in our parents' bed and feeling warm and snuggly, or my kids know when we've been over to their grandma's house because they're like, you smell like her. Smell is just such a powerful connection tool for sure. Once a bond is made with that object, the connection is super strong. and If the child hasn't made a bond with a stuffed animal or you don't have anything to sleep with or they can't bring that, other concrete connection items can be things like family photos, bracelets, and two that I really love to use with children because they come with books as well is an invisible string, which I'll explain that. It's based on a book and kissing hand, also based on a book. So the invisible string is a a book that I highly suggest adding to your library. We love it and we've read it for years and I use it with clients. And it's by Patrice Hurst, I believe is how you say it. And it talks about how even when we're not physically with someone, we're still connected with them between our hearts by an invisible string. And I've literally cut out two hearts for my children out of computer paper um, and put our pictures on them or they can draw themselves and mommy and daddy or grandma, whomever they're missing, cousins, their teacher even, and write their name on it and show that, look, you're connected to this person even though you're not physically with them. And then the book really does put it in beautiful terms for young children. I'd say the book is really written for four ages four to eight, but I certainly have read it with my younger child at the time. He was two when we started reading it and he still loves it to this day at age six. The other book that's really popular in a lot of kindergarten classrooms is The Kissing Hand by Audrey Penn. And it's about two raccoons, a mommy raccoon and a baby raccoon. And the raccoon is starting school and the mommy draws a heart on the child's hand. So if your child 
can't take a lovey, a stuffed animal or blanket to school for whatever reason. You could even draw a little heart on their hand or put a heart sticker on their hand and create that just, it's a very concrete reminder of their connection to you because remember, children are concrete thinkers. That's why objects can be really powerful. They can get really attached to them and the visual component really helps as well. All right, so there you have it. Four different, really tangible ways to help support your child during this transition time, including, or not even including, that confident leadership, building that confident momentum and as a leader and handing them off and knowing that this is an opportunity to expand their village and build those bonds and really become confident in themselves as well. If you want more support, I have three different places you can find more support to help establish these routines and smooth them out while school is getting started or while the school year is getting started and before the holidays come. And those three areas are my back to school bundle, which is now available on my website. Uh, It's got everything from high power connection activities like a chart for parents, tutorial about visual schedules, making these routine books that I talked about in this podcast and a deep dive into all of this content with videos and picture examples and so much more. This is linked in the show notes for you. Also coming up in a few weeks, as of this recording, is the Get Silly Challenge, which will start September 18th, 2023. The Get Silly Challenge is a seven-day program designed to help reset moments of power struggles into connection and cooperation with strategies and games that are easily embedded into your routine. So instead of adding things to your to-do list, I transform them to strengthen your relationship with your children. You get a guidebook, daily lives with me, support, emails, videos, and so much more. You can head to kayleekukla.com backslash get silly to learn more. It's also linked in my show notes. And then the other ongoing support that I always have to offer you If you want unlimited access to everything I mentioned and so much more, check out my membership group, CORE, which stands for Centered on Relationships. For under $25 a month, you get access to a huge library of tools, workshops, charts, workbooks, personalized help from me weekly, and my network of other professionals. Find out more at kayleekukla.com backslash CORE. Thanks so much for being here and have a wonderful week. This conversation is made possible through my core membership program. If you want to dive deeper into parenting questions, connect with a like-minded community, have access to a huge database of workshops, guidebooks, and weekly Q&As with me so I can answer all of your parenting questions, all for less than $20 a month, go to www.kayleekukla.com backslash core to learn more. That's www.kaleykukla.com backslash C-O-R to learn more. It's also linked in the show notes. Now let's get back to our core conversation.